and today I'm joined by Atlanta Montague, a sizable figure in the activism world in Manchester, and one of the absolute best people I know. How to summarise today's episode? Well, the topic we talk about is intersectionality, which is, as Atlanta would put it later, problems within problems. How you can't truly fix an issue without acknowledging the issues surrounding it. You'll see what we mean later on in the podcast. At first glance, this episode may seem like a chaotic mess, and aside from my poor editing, that's because we talk about a lot of topics in this episode. There's a lot to unpack, but each topic is no less valid than the next, and each has its own place in the conversation, and deserves to be heard. And of course, as well as the important stuff, there's the antics that happen as well. (laughs) I try and style my ASMR career, to no avail, of course. We talk about the Vikings, because who doesn't fucking love the Vikings? And Atlanta gives her Netflix recommendations, which, after this, I am going to peruse myself. Alright, hope you guys enjoy. Alright, so I'm just going to keep it running for a second so it it can sort itself out. I'm going to have some beans. Beans? I'm actually... Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the And Today podcast. Today I'm joined by another good friend of mine. Do you notice how all the guests I have so far I know personally? Yeah, that's because I can't get anyone else. But today I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Atlanta Montague, who is um a little little local celebrity in the little Manchester activism world. A celebrity. Little local celebrity. Do you want to introduce yourself, Atlanta? Hi. Very Atlanta Montague. Sam kindly named me as a celebrity. I'm not a celebrity. <laughs> I just do quite a lot around Manchester um, to do with activism, social justice, feminism, anything around that field. My name is probably splattered somewhere. Um, just currently, you know, carrying on with that path, see where I'm going. I'm very excited for this podcast oh yeah you working on anything currently anything that you could give us a little exclusive on no i cannot even oh, wow. i'm working well Uh-oh. organization is working with another one which is very exciting but i can't say anything that's okay that's okay sorry sorry listeners i'm just eating beans right now i was kind of snacky when i started this so i'm just eating some beans all right, moving on before anyone asks any questions. Never mind, that went down the wrong pipe. <clears throat> you know what's really bad? You know what's really, really bad? I went on LinkedIn today and I was like, oh shit, I haven't um, plugged it on, on LinkedIn yet. And I was like, should I even bother? Because I was worried that if I did, that it would like close off some opportunities because obviously the nature of my podcast is... Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little bit um, snap sister controversial. <laughs> I never imagined you saying that, but now you said it. You said it now. How dare you try and put me in a box? But yeah, so um, I went and I wrote this like two post long little anecdote. Um, just about oh yeah, about doing the podcast. Uh, it's about you know 
LGBT rights, about internalized homophobia, that kind of vibe. And I was like, I realized that this might close some opportunities to me, but I have to lead by example. And if employers want to not offer me a job because of me, you know, making my stance heard on these issues, uh, then I don't want to work for the arseholes. <laughs> the next post, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm making this podcast to show that you can care about human rights issues and human issues and uh, not have a stick up your ass. <laughs> So my LinkedIn probably is not very um. I'm not gonna get a job. <laughs> People thought that the uh, the cover art was enough to get me part with the workforce forever. Nah, I took it the next step. You went all I, the way. Up. I've got I've got a um a lawyer from Linklayers following me on LinkedIn. So he's gonna see that. Go I've got some like people from um. Uh, other like social mobility organizations following me on it. They're all gonna just see me just calling people assholes. <laughs> you are. Oh Christ! Yeah, so that that was my day. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Oh, I had a great day. You can tell. Uh, in people. Oh yeah, calling people out, eating beans. What more could you want? Don't know. Beans. More beans. More beans. <laughs> <laughs> you want more beans? My can's almost kicked. I'm gonna have to go get another one. All right. So, back to the reason you asked to come on this. What do you want to talk to me about today? Today, I will be talking to you about intersectionality. Oh. Care okay, to elaborate further? Yes. I always describe intersectionality as problems within problems it's like a a problem that's interconnected with another problem so let's say we were talking about race yeah and we were talking about the black Lives matter movement yeah but within the problem of racism and colorism and everything that comes with it you have to talk about well what people's experiences who are lgbt and black all people, women of colour, or non-binary people of colour, um, people who are disabled, who are black. There are all sorts of issues. And, like, when talking about the Black Lives Matter movement, we also kind of have to take into consideration, you know, like, black culture. As, yeah, yeah. As, like, our traditional... Views. You know, I'm not bashing on a black culture because it is great, but in some like perspectives, in um, a black family, majority of them are quite traditional with their views, so they don't really understand. So with intersectionality, you kind of have to look at that as well. But when we're talking about a broader issue, we kind of have to, you know, have different branches of talking about issues because you know. You know, the world is ever-changing and yeah, yeah. all sorts of things that we have to learn about. And that's where intersectionality kind of needs to come in. Like, the future kind of needs to be... It's not even kind of. It needs to be intersectional because the world wouldn't... Like, it's not going to be for everyone if it's not intersectional. Yeah, I get you. So you can't talk about one issue without addressing other issues. Yeah. Like, it's very difficult, like, especially now, talking about... um one like one specific issue 
like I could rant forever and ever about women's and girls' rights because that's where I like kind of specialize in. But, oh yeah. Like, <laughs> you see my Instagram, like you know. <laughs> but um, that's how we met, actually. <laughs> exactly. Actually, yeah. time I had we met on a residential, and I was of course ranting. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, where was it? it was a uh, NCS. Yeah. NCS Regional Youth Board, because yeah. we were both little nerds. Yeah, and I was just there, like, thinking, I'm going to be the only one from Manchester. Sam rocks up, and I'm like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like, with intersectionality, it's it's an issue, like, people kind of want to touch on, because, let's say, if we're talking about feminism, people are like, oh, well, it's only got to do with, like, women and girls. But that's not what feminism should be. Yeah, yeah. Especially now, anyway. Like, I would describe myself as an intersectional feminist, like equality for all, not just equality for men and women, because we know there's more than two genders. If anyone tries to argue with me in this, I will win. So, I just, I'm just gonna poke him right there. I don't know why people care. Not, yeah. not about, not from like your perspective. I don't know why people care if there's more than two. It doesn't affect you, bro. Exactly. It's like take take the time out of your day to just call someone by whatever pronouns they want and then just go yeah exactly like in people's bios people have like different all sorts of pronouns and that's fine but people go out their way to make people feel uncomfortable because they're uncomfortable with calling people by the correct pronouns because they think it's like they think it's wrong to do that but it's not it's just how society is nowadays and how society should be nowadays and that's where intersectionality kind of comes in because people kind of just don't want to accept that there's different, different issues within issues like you should talk about feminism let's say people just say oh women and men or people think women and girls specifically because feminism has a word feminine and all sorts of yeah. but when we're talking about oh well what about non-binary people well they clearly can't exist because there's two genders it's ridiculous it's so ridiculous. Like I've had people like say, "There's no such thing as non-binary." I mean, who are you to say what can and can't exist? Yeah. Where's your professor on uh, humanology, please? <laughs> exactly. Like, who are you to say to go up to a non-binary person, make them feel uncomfortable by saying you don't exist? <laughs> just grab the pencil eraser and just <laughs> yeah. rub them out. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't exist because there's only women and men in this world. Oh, something I uh, I saw an interesting post, actually, today while I was procrastinating, not doing my chemistry research. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, was um, this guy talking about how traditional, quote-unquote, traditional gender roles are actually a modern creation. Because before, let's say, before England was invaded by the Vikings, mm. there wasn't this... Um, male dominant controls household hunter gatherer stupid idea that we've created as being you know it worked in the past kind of ideology because the vikings themselves the women controlled all the finances the men groomed themselves incredibly regularly to the standards that the women wanted it was very uh women centric like they were the holders and the great creators in the viking tribes that's the because yeah, that... they they were revered, and it's like, oh, we should go back to Viking times. Yeah, mate, right, go ahead, perfume yourself right now. <laughs> you stanky that... ass. It's like it's completely switched, though. 
like completely mm. switched in the sense where women kind of just have to you know go along with the traditional norms and men oh yeah you can do whatever you want mate if you want to go out and no top on you go out with no top on if i went out with a brown knickers on oh you're home and you're like and i'll get called every names under the sun so with it being modern traditional i wouldn't say it was modern like it's not a modern issue like this issue of the pay yeah. has been like has been an issue for all sorts of years and centuries no one wants to talk about it nowadays because people think that we're over it and we're not mm. we're not essentially we don't essentially live in a patriarchal world but like i said it's about you have to look at it from all sorts of perspectives like i can't walk out in the bra like in brown because i can't you know do or i'm restricted from doing things that men can do because i am a cisgendered woman and you know you're gonna kind of think Am I stopping myself from doing this because I feel like this is not a women role? Let's say women in STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and maths. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's, uh, yeah. so, there's so very few of them, especially and again, like so very few who are disabled or who are non-binary or who are um, of colour, because they are restricted from that based on. You know, not only because they are a cisgendered woman or because they are non-binary, it's because they are BME or they're from working class background or they are disabled. And all those things contribute. Yeah, exactly. All those things contribute into the wider problem. Like, the problem, like, if you, if you, let's say, if you want to run a company, you have to be intersectional to get people with different perspectives. I remember I was on a massive event. Oh, yeah. And we were talking about Black Lives Matter movement and how we could make the company who we were talking to, who ran the event, like, more diverse. And, like, we were asking, you know, statistics about how many of people of colour are actually in their, you know, in their company. And they were like, unfortunately, there's very little or none, like, in our company. And that just shows, like, if there's no people of colour in your company, how many disabled people are in your company? How many women are in your company? How many working class people are in your company? No, that just speaks a volume of, you know, an unconscious bias in a sort of way. It also does becomes a question as well as well, um, because it also brings the question, are they not hiring these people? Or are these not people not applying as well? Yeah. So I imagine there's a bit of both because the schooling system themselves pushes certain people away from certain career prospects, the society. Yeah, exactly. It does. That question does come into play because, and it's mm. the education system because... It's a funnel, isn't it? There's all sorts of flaws in the education system. Oh, yeah. Like, for example, this is a easy example i remember being told oh all girls leave we need the boys to move furniture around the room <laughs> yeah. do you know how embarrassing that was for little um <laughs> what was it like four foot three year old me in primary school <laughs> i had no muscles <laughs> i had no muscles someone could pick me up with like their pinky and it's oh come on you're a boy you've got to be strong and then like there's like i'm not gonna name names but let's call her gertrude gertrude over there can bench press me 
She's like 6'2". Oh no, Gertrude, get out, you're a girl. I'm like, can Gertrude do it, please? I'll pull my back out. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't matter what age you are. There's already that, like, sort of hyper-masculinity that has to be within you yeah, to yeah. be a man, you know, and that sort of thing. I would, Let's say a woman, there was a cisgender girl in there who wanted to, I don't know, go into construction or be a bodybuilder. I was actually really strong. And you just took her away and crushed her dreams, and then maybe she won't apply to a job, or maybe she will, and she won't get it because she's a woman. I mean, talking about that, expanding on it in the athletics world, did you see what happened with um that uh yeah. that black female athlete who yeah. naturally produces more testosterone? Exactly, like issues like that, like just really frustrate. I actually had to like take myself away from like reading the articles because it just kind of frustrated me how they wouldn't. Uh, yeah, allow, like they they physically won't allow her to run at all because she just naturally just produces more testosterone. And yet, what is it? Is it Tom Daly or Michael Phelps? I think yeah. it's Michael Phelps. He produces like half the lactic acid than his competitors and he's celebrated. Yeah. Exactly. Motherfucker, talk about double standards. <laughs> I smell a bit of misogyny or racism. I, I think it's more than just misogyny and racism. I think that definitely plays a factor, but I think it's more about stopping transgender people getting into sports. Exactly. Because, exactly. yeah, they, they, they can't stop transgender people going into it without stopping cis people first. They have to show that it's not that so they can cover their own asses. Exactly. There's three issues already in there. Boom. Intersectionality confirmed. Exactly. There we go. Transgender woman, woman of colour already, and now she's restricted from doing what she loves because they can't hack the fact that she actually produces testosterone and the fact that, you know, she may actually win. That, that would be it. She definitely, she's got biological advantage and if we're not gonna stop people with biological advantages playing like michael phelps then y'all are just you'll need to sort yourselves out yeah you need to fix up like right now honestly man <laughs> fuck it 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 pissed me off when i read it and my sister she's um she's transgender she's of color she's got autism she has like she she jokes that she has more labels than she can carry but the amount of things that this world's restricting her from doing, and not to mention the fact that her life expectancy is already low. Honestly, I want to strangle motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I want to as well. Like, yeah. I usually, like, go to people, what are you actually doing? You know, you said yourself, your sister has more labels than she can actually carry, carry already. And she's year eight, year nine. She's 15, turned 15 recently. Time flies. I know, right? Jeez. Like, I thought she was... Wow. Time flies, but... We're old. <laughs> <laughs> like, the time she's, what, going into university or an apprenticeship or full-time job, they'll take one look at her, probably take one look at her CV because of her surname, and go, no, we're not hiring you because unconscious bias. Or maybe a racist employer. You know, and it is scary, like, thinking that I'm going to go into, like, a profession and people are going to look, take one look at my name and be like, hmm, actually, we don't want to hire you because your name's a bit, you know, standout pitch. 
Mm. And we like to be very conservative in this competition. And like my hair. Yeah, I was. I was just about to comment about the hair. Yeah, like obviously you can't see it on the podcast now, but it is blue. <laughs> um, and it's a. Uh, it's also, was it dread he- braids? Yeah, crochet braids. Crochet braid, yeah. You're like one of the first people who like gotta get that right. I get it called like so many things. Like people think it's a weave, people think it's dreads. It's actually crochet braids. There's a distinct difference between. Well, I'm just glad you didn't hit my first guess then. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, but yeah, like my hair already already speaks a statement, and every like couple of months I get it changed to a different color all the time because I get. I'm gonna bring it back to school. In school, you were allowed coloured, they said coloured hair but they meant specifically you could not walk in there with braids that are my colour right now. You could not walk in like sometimes some people get told you, your braids are too long even though they were black like or a natural colour let's say brown they would count it as coloured hair but it's like brown is a natural colour so I don't understand. They just didn't like the like, I don't think they understood because obviously I went to a predominantly white school they didn't mm. understand the concept of this being part of our culture as well. So I was, I, yeah. When I got to college, um, I could have like any color I want. I went silver. I went blue. I went pink. I went rainbow. Okay. You went rainbow. I, I went rainbow. Like I didn't I, know that. For pride, like I went full on rainbow. I went into college. Like everyone knew. Like everyone knew. Didn't know who I was, but like they knew I was a girl with colored like rainbow. Yeah. And that's how I like, like, I don't want all the attention, but I like to make a statement. Like, when I walk in a room, I want people to know, like, she don't mess around. Like, (laughs) (laughs) she's not here to play. And, like, especially in school, I'm sort of restricted from making statements because, you know, the school uniform itself restricts so many, like, so many children who want to, you know, stand out, make statements. And they say it's because it reduces the chances of bullying. But kids still get bullied because maybe they can't afford school uniform and they have to work in philosophy. Or they can't afford uniform because, I don't know, all sorts of, like, all sorts. Or they can't afford the latest kit for their feet. There's all sorts of issues that come into bullying. It's not just No, um, I think that's going to be a point where we disagree because I'm a, a big advocate for, especially in high school. Um someone with social anxiety like me school uniform took a lot of stress that would have existed there we're gonna fall out in a minute no, <laughs> no, no yeah yeah but like that that's something that i feel personally was good for me but other people may feel different if they it may limit their self-expression it may stop them from being able to find themselves because they're having to conform to this set of rules and what works for one person like me might not work for everyone else but i i, I personally i'm glad it existed because it help me not have to worry about picking clothes because I was socially awkward. I didn't I didn't have a TV, so I wasn't paying attention to what I don't know what the fucking trends were. <laughs> yeah. I learned I learned how to dress from um a mixture of old movies like Indiana Jones <laughs> and uh like modern superhero flicks. That's how I learned how to dress. Oh. It was embarrassing. Well, that's who you are. Like that's who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yourself express yourself and that's great. Like and I understand people that sort of perspective, those with social... That's a really good point, actually, because I don't even think of that. Those with social anxiety, that reduces that sort of stress for them, that they don't have to choose what... Non-u- non-uniform day was hell. Fuck non-uniform day, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot we had them. 
wow, I'm really getting old. Like, I'm really close to the future. No, honestly, like, the school uniform for me, it just restricted. Like, uniform as a whole, like, uniform at work, uniform at... Yeah. Like, for me, it just restricted who I was. And I felt like I was the same, like, the same as everyone else in a way that I had black braids. Like, I had all black braids. I was going to have any before. Mm-hmm. I was wearing the same tie. I was wearing the same shirt, same skirt. And, like, with this, it's those who, especially those who identify as girls at high school, they would come in with trousers and would get called, you know, you're male, are you, you know, all sorts of transphobic slurs just because they wanted to wear some trousers one day. What if they were feeling insecure about their legs or what if they were feeling insecure about their whole body and they just wanted to, you know, cover up? Yeah, man, I get you. And, like, it was always... The girls wear skirts and the boys wear trousers. You could you could never you can never like switch like switch and especially with the girls, your skirt can't be too short because it attracts them. Oh it's, yeah. Now this is the top I knew we were gonna I knew we were gonna get under this one. We all heard that that Bro. That the, as if it's the fucking woman's fault. That their body is distracting <laughs> some dickhead. Oh, I can't cope. I can't cope. Like honestly, like in the education system, already like even with uniform, it restricts women from coming into education and learning. That's why so many few women go into like specialized fields such as STEM or I don't know law or I don't know any sort of field because. There's already so many things put in place to restrict women in education. And it just really frustrates me because we're already at a bloody disadvantage as soon as we go get out of our mother's wounds and identify ourselves as women. And education is such a powerful tool to, you know, self-actualise. And we get restricted as soon as we're put into a uniform that they want us to put in it in anyway i get you so your kind of point is that um the conformative nature of the education sector is stopping people from being able to explore what they want to explore exactly Exactly. so you'd be a big advocate for like homeschooling then like out of schooling yeah i I would say i would be an advocate for homeschooling absolutely because it gives you that self-expression it gives you that self-worth it gives you like autonomy well, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> big word. Get me. Um, it gives you that, like, it gives you all of that, but at the same time, it kind of, you know, you don't make a friend, obviously, for homeschooling, and you don't really get... Yeah, it's harder. That, yeah, that outside world sort of sense. But yeah, I would say I would be an advocate for that sort of stuff. Interesting. So I'm going to, I'm going to do the little, uh, anecdote time for for school the benefits i got out of mainstream school was nothing educational benefits i got was that i was constantly forced to push my social anxiety to test myself constantly because there was never a moment where i'd feel safe in school because there'd be people that may make a comment to me and that constant exposure 
eventually forced me to get past it myself. So it was like exposure therapy on crack. <laughs> it wasn't healthy. I don't think it was healthy at yeah. all, but I, I got over it to a degree. There's still echoes of it here and there, but um, being put in that environment, and granted, I never learned while I was at school because I was always too anxious. That I did my entire GCSE revision on the laptops at school after school had ended. <laughs> there was like an hour. That's when I did my revision. Then I came back home. I went back on my computer and I just watched YouTube videos. They taught me what I couldn't learn at school. It's like so, walking into school naked. Yeah, that's what it felt like. I felt constant yeah. eyes on me all the time. I mean, if, if you want to bring this back to intersectionality, that's an aspect that will affect people in education. So it's not just the issues of, um, you know, the trans people, the women, the uh, BME people, BAME people. But then you've also got all the people who are suffering from mental health issues as well. And we're all in the same boat. And we all need, like you say, we all need the attention being brought to our issues. Preach that shit. Come on. Mm-mm-mm. And shit, keep A on salt and concrete. And especially you being a, you know, you identify as male. That's already, like, two issues in one right there. Because obviously males nowadays are, I keep saying restricted, but they are restricted from... Oh, yeah like discussing issues like that because it's seen as a soft topic which is sort of pushed onto those who identify as women and girls so it is like like i say it's like an analogy like that analogy i used when you was walking into the school naked and you already had that sort of anxiety and the fact that you couldn't like did you feel like you could talk to someone about it or no i don't think i ever even spoke about it till year 11 and even then it was to my mum who is a licensed therapist <laughs> wow That's... for like f- yeah. there was that constant feeling of restriction of if i acknowledge that this is an issue then it's an issue whereas if i just ignore it i can carry on you know being a dude and then i think year 10 i started to be like yo this ain't gonna work and then my personality i um to try and push some of that fear away i kind of adopted a, a camp like i was saying in my internalized homophobia uh, episode plug that uh, <laughs> i adopted this a uh, camp personality type which was yeah. obviously like the nothing you say can hurt me because i'm gay hand swash but i wasn't gay and it was i think i'm not sure whether it was solely a um response mechanism to trying to push away people's you know impressions their kind of if I push myself away from being this dude, then I can acknowledge my issues. Or whether it was just I cracked and did that to try and cope. It could be any number of things, but yeah. that that was my experience. It was school was hell. <laughs> I did not like school. And obviously being a dude, there's well, a cis dude, sorry. There's um that issue of you can't talk about mental health, especially in a working class uh you know uh, education like like i had where if you speak about those issues you're seen as like you said soft yeah exactly it's the way you describe it as well like being a dude it's like that sort of language that you use there is kind of interesting that you didn't say like oh just like you know be who i am you kind of already mm, in that oh yeah a dude and you know when we talk about dudes you have that sort of connotation of all oh, muscles and sport and 
Still yep. waiting for those to come for me. Yeah. <laughs> Puberty well, didn't give me height or muscles, dick. <laughs> and, you know, being cool and whatever. And, like you said, it is, it is difficult, especially coming from a working class, you know, background and you wouldn't describe being called soft and already in in the education system working class children are labelled as you know lazy out of hand uncouth uncouth to use Tory words <laughs> the like we don't have that elaborated code like we we are unable to use long words because how are we able to use long words because of course a working class person cannot be educated even though hmm. they put us into the education system we cannot be educated we cannot educate ourselves how can we well and yeah it's, th- it's still ourselves. sneered upon to come from a, a state school especially if you go to those snobby snobby upper class unis <laughs> like yeah exactly you feel out of place sort of yeah, like yeah you're like you're like a, a treasured possession you know, you're yeah. a zoo animal. Congratulations, you made it here. Yeah. All the rest of the people of your ilk have no place here, but you did it. Well done. I feel like, like, yeah, like a statistic, like, because, oh, like, I'm going to uni soon. And I feel like a sort of statistic where already I'm put into that sort of field of, oh, you're, well done you, like, 5% of people where you live go to university, and you're one of them, like, woo, mm. mm. already. I remember applying to like universities in year thirteen and writing my personal statement, and I restricted myself so much from applying to like I applied to one Russell Group University and the rest were just not. And it's not just about Russell Group universities, you know, going to university itself is a massive flex, but like too true. Like I just kind of stopped myself because I was like, I'm never gonna get the grades. I'm don't I don't fit in. I kind of don't sort of belong there. And it wasn't because, like, I was a gendered woman. And it wasn't because, I, like, it was because I'm a working class girl. I live in a uh, deprived area in Manchester. Yeah, so, like, like, like you were saying, there's not only was the fact that you're a woman stopping you from reaching certain educational points uh, because of the pressures that you've had put on you, but then there's also the fact that lower class people like us was you know with told that oh you really gonna try and do that yeah you know, they're really that you got all these like like you're saying inter- intersectional issues that are building up to stop certain people reaching these certain segments because of the way society treats them exactly it's like instill like they instill it into mm. your when when you enter a school gate you are not good enough for education but oh it's the law so you have to be here it's like, why can't we have the choice of whether we want to be here to learn or we want to be here for, like, a piss about? You know what it's... I mean? Like, I feel like I don't like I don't get a choice. Like, as soon as I walk into a school gate already, they have me down for the sort of stereotype, the stereotypical black woman, sassy, you know, confident, or, like, all sorts. I yeah, they feel like they know you before you've even spoken your mouth. Yeah, like I've not even opened my mouth yet and they've already had me down as as that. I remember in year nine, I kind of proved them that. I kind of was like, we're not even going to talk about that. Because I have metal face. But yeah, I, I slapped a girl in the face. <laughs> I fully did. 
you would not believe, like, you would not believe, like, if you saw me in year nine, like, if someone showed you a film of me in year nine and they showed you me now, you'd be like, that's not the same person. I was out, like, out of control. I got, like, suspended for three days because I called a head teacher a rude name. <laughs> You're going to have to tell me that rude name later. <laughs> um, I only called her a bitch. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, oh yeah, I only called her that, but that is really bad. I do not, like, do not condone that sort of behaviour at all, but at the time... It depends if they're being a real bitch. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't even know that. At the time, she really, really did annoy me because she wasn't, she wasn't listening to what I'm saying. She wasn't understanding why I... It was also because I didn't want, like, I didn't want to take my leggings off. You weren't allowed to wear leggings, like, underneath, like, skirts. Wait, you what? Know? Yeah, like, so... What the fuck? Yeah, you either wear no, like, you wear nothing underneath your skirt at all, or you wear tights. You wear... No, right, I'm on your side. Fuck, fuck that one, you'd yeah. be a bitch. <laughs> she was literally so rude, like, she was so insolent towards me, like, because... I have a skin condition called vitiligo, and at the time, I don't care about it now, but at the time, I was very insecure about it because it was very, like, prominent on my body, like, you could really, really see it. Yeah. And I, did, I didn't want people asking questions about it. I didn't want that sort of attention. So that's why I didn't take the leggings off. And I tried telling her, like, I have vitiligo, it's not. But I didn't present it well because I was already, like... Well, yeah, if you're already flustered, you're already, you yeah. know, feeling a bit on edge. Yeah, exactly. Like, I felt very defensive, so I didn't, like, I was all over the place. And she wasn't listening, like, at all to what I was saying. Or she it was, like, if it was her way or no way. Like, you take those leggings off and you go to, um, what's it called? Lost property and put tights on. Or, like, you're going into IE, which is internal exclusion, which is just, like, a room you stay in for the rest of the day. But because, I, what? Because yeah. you wouldn't expose yourself. Yeah, literally. She was, like, literally sort of, like, forced me into doing, like, exposing myself to that sort of attention. All right, I, I see your issues with uniform now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it restricts so many, and you don't even know what's going on. It was sort of like, obviously, that sort of authority, authority figure, that's the head teacher, you know what I mean? What and, fuck? like, two other teachers tried to talk to me, like, my head of house and, like, pastoral i think tried to talk to me and i just wasn't having it because i was like i'm not i'm not taking these leggings off and i remember she started like shouting at me so i started shouting back Fair and enough. She, like you cannot shout at me like she was like how dare you shout at me she was so shocked that this student had like undermined her authority right in the middle of you know the playground and i just got up and i went you're a bitch, <laughs> you're a bitch. respect and, honestly sounds and, like a real bitch and then I got suspended for three days. Nah. And I think that's like a punishment, but kids, like, especially kids who don't already enjoy the education system, see that's that. a blessing. A, yeah, it's a blessing because they get away from that system. They get away from that um, environment where they are labeled, they are discriminated upon, all sorts. And it's kind of freedom in a way. So I don't think suspension should, like, even be a thing and like a thing they threaten kids with but they don't know like the kids background Threaten threatening suspension only yeah. works as a punishment towards kids who want to be there yeah exactly what about like, kids who don't even want to be there yeah it's like my friend um i'm not gonna say his name because obviously you know 
I have to go through consent issues now. Can't be honest. But I have a friend. Uh, he had a lot of behavioral issues. I mean, he threw a chair at a kid once because he annoyed him. He's great. I love him to bits. But yeah, every every time he gets suspended, he'd just be like, "All right," and then go home and play Xbox. Exactly. And he'd come back in when the suspension ends. He's like, "Oh, I'm bored." Yeah. He's got these. He's got like a attention issues behavioral issues and instead of you know working to help him through that i was like go home uh go away and then he's like okay and then went home and did something he actually enjoyed and then came back <laughs> exactly like <laughs> exactly especially like you know at the time i wasn't really into the whole idea of university or it's not yeah. of like a levels at all because I, I was at that time i wasn't that sort of girl but <laughs> They like they already wrote me off as that stereotypical black girl in high school who probably will get mediocre GCSEs, probably like not do much with her life afterwards already just based on that one incident. But they didn't really see the issue I had behind that. So it's like obviously I grew out of that sort of stage. <laughs> That's a shame. Stopped. I'd love to see you slap someone. <laughs> they gave me a final warning for so year eleven. Ooh. If something happened, I would get kicked out. So I was like, I, w- I wanted to prove them wrong. Like, like nothing excites me more than proving people wrong, mm. especially like being a working class black girl. I just wanted to go like go to the government and be like, even though you messed me over in that A level result, today, we are not going to get into that. Oh, Actually, yeah. yes, we are in a minute. <laughs> um, even though you did that, I still went to university. I still got a decent degree. I still got a decent job. I did my masters. Like massive fuck you to like every single one you used in this government. You just try to knock people down. Cause I mean, like on results there, like we could. I was disappointed but not surprised with my results. Yeah, especially like, especially, I'm not gonna like diss on your town, but especially <laughs> being extremely disadvantaged. Fourth um, worst place to live in the UK. <laughs> Someone was murdered down my street. Like, when when was Sunday? Was it Sunday? Saturday night. Someone was murdered. Apparently. Yeah, my my friend was walking home from work, stopped and asked the police, and they were like, "Oh yeah, someone someone got killed." He was like, "Oh okay," like the fact that I'm so desensitized because that happens reasonably yeah. regularly. Yeah. When, when when they told me, I laughed. Just like it was an impulse. I, I, obviously, I don't mean any disrespect against the deceased and their families, but the fact that it doesn't shock me. It's just that's like the coping mechanism. Oh, it's, you know, when someone tells me that, I was like, "Oh, uh-uh. it's like." It's just a thing that happens in everyday life. Yeah, it's pretty but, regular. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they they had this set up because they saw what happened with Scotland with disadvantaged pupils not getting the grades that they actually deserve. And they said to us, yeah, it's not going to happen to us. Like, you're not going to, you're not going to. And they turned around to us and just gave us a massive middle finger to all, especially all the colleges, sixth form, like sixth form colleges out there in disadvantaged areas and gave us a massive middle finger which is interesting because like the college that i went to is a very like it's a very prestigious college you can't just rock up there with like no gcse's and expect to get in you know what i mean same with mine exactly and they think it's so like we underachieve every year because of where it is 
and you don't even like they don't even think well what about children who go there who aren't disadvantaged you didn't even look at like i know so many children there who were more privileged like more privileged or as privileged as me so it's like you didn't even look into the issues you just saw that it was in a rough rough quote-unquote area and been docked it yeah and the like, fact that oh sorry you were saying something no it's fine Go on. oh the fact that my uh my principal of the college i went to actually addressed it and said he was fighting it that this dude himself stood up risked his job because he realized what a fuck you the conservatives gave us yeah honestly that's that speaks volumes to me yeah you've got to applaud them because not not the Tory government don't applaud them <laughs> no um, you've got to sort of just, wow. Like, I was really, like, of course, I was upset with my grades. And um, I was looking at all the Eton students and all the private school students who did extremely well, like, absolutely ridiculously well, even though they did really bad in the mocks, did really bad all year. And they just pulled it out of the bag. And they said the algorithm was fair. And then they kept saying, yeah, it did favor to those who are more privileged and they kept saying it didn't and it did and it did and i'm just like just tell us the truth like you know what i mean just tell us how it is you didn't want disadvantaged pupils going to university because then it will prevent your fucking sorry it was a lineage thing they got going on yeah it would it would prevent your represent transfer in parliament and you look at parliament and who do you see you see white cisgendered heterosexual able-bodied highly highly privileged men and it's not a meritocracy it's because they were born into a family that are pretty much the same as them well i mean like you'd struggle to find many people in the conservative party who didn't go to oxford or cambridge exactly and they want Uh, oh sorry I keep interrupting you, I'm sorry, like... No, I keep, I keep... I, I did it again, just, just speak, <laughs> speak! Shut up, stop, no, <laughs> Like, you keep... I forgot what I was going to say anyway, so... Oh, okay, um... Oh, shit, nah. The choo-choo train that is my brain just got derailed. We were on, like... We were on a, a baller. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was saying. I read a post. It was saying that um I'll, the conservatives... And obviously, Ofqual themselves, the way that this was worked is because the people who have faced the brunt of all of their mishaps and their their shit policies are the working class, lower class, especially students, because we have access to the internet. We can see what kind of fuckeries they're doing across the country now. Exactly. And they don't want those kind of people coming up and stealing the power away from because we will never vote for those kind of people. We effectively, if they let us get into good positions where we can be more educated, we'll take the power from them because we know that they're stupid. Exactly. They've they've written us off already. And I remember, like, um, I can't remember their name. That's how irrelevant they are. But one of the um, MPs went, oh, well, we don't want those students applying to jobs or universities that are not of their capability. Oh, no, that comment look, pissed me off. Like, when you look at their predicted grades and you look at their GCSEs and you look how they were working throughout the whole year instead of actually just looking at the area that they were living, 
the area that you live in does not define your intelligence i don't know where they got that idea from where oh because you live in a disadvantaged area you must be like uneducated or you must you just not as educated as those who go to a private school i don't know where they got that sort of idea from instilled into their brains but i smell a bit of quetacin but whatever. oh yeah <laughs> Wow. What was it? What? I just said wow. Oh, just wow. <laughs> said, wow. <laughs> the exclamation, just to summarize. Yeah. To summarize the past uh, 47 minutes, just, just wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, well, I had um, I had a little nibble at the end of my tongue and it's left. Nibble? A little nibble. Uh. Nibble bean. No, I finished them now. <laughs> Every time you speak, I've been like just very quietly eating my tin of my tin of um Branston beans. Please, Branston, sponsor me. I would love some more beans. Please do not sponsor him. He does not need any more. I'll do ASMR Branston beans videos, please. <laughs> oh, I, I think it's really le- oh that's it. Something that pissed me off as well was that all the people that got inflated grades got to keep them. Yeah. So they still won. Yeah. Regardless of the U-turn, they still like still got to keep them, and I was just like, oh. "The house always wins." Yeah, always, every time. Yeah, that that was that was the nibble. <laughs> that was the nibble. It was not beans. It was like... No, it wasn't beans. It may be the flatulence that comes after this, but it wasn't beans. <laughs> Honestly, it that's what really annoyed me. I thought whatever grade the teacher, you know, awarded you, that's what you were going to get. No, they pulled another one out of the bag and they were like, well, actually, <laughs> if actually. they're higher, then you can keep them, even though you don't deserve them. It's the fact that they're making it as out, out as if they did us this big service, when in fact we got the bare minimum they promised and the upper class students benefited. Exactly. They're actually like they actually did us a favour. No, it was actually the young people who got up, signed the petitions, kept bombarding you and was like, You need to do something about this. And Oi dickhead, sort it out. <laughs> and the constant pressure of young people, that's when you were like, We need to do something about this, otherwise they're gonna come to our flower and probably burn us down. Mm. I was very close to doing that to um no, I'm, I'm gonna cut that little bit out before <laughs> someone tries to get me done for a crime. That. that hold on, wait. <laughs> Alright, I've marked it out in my my spot frequency spots. I know where to delete. No, that's like honestly, it was the power. I didn't see any more powerful young people than I did on like results day all the way up to the U-turn day. So many young people just use that, like, use their voice and like amplifies them on social media. You know, petitions, protests, just constant ranting, especially from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, like constant um, what they called letters to the prime minister, to their local MPs. My local MP, Kate Green, shadow education secretary, big up because. She's told Boris Johnson what was what. Oh, it? good. So she's better than our current education secretary then. Yeah. 
she told him because he was he went to Scotland like what day before results day, and she was just like, "You need to get off your backside." She literally went on TV and went, "He needs to get off his backside and come back on holiday." And I was like, "Queen behavior, right there." It says a lot that the fucker was on holiday. Yeah, every time, every time something goes wrong, yeah, I'm packing off on holiday. I don't remember if we already said this, but he, he went to Italy last weekend allegedly, yeah. didn't he, to christen his son? How like what a surprise! When he's supposed to be having his a uh, cobra meeting, is it the coronavirus response? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, no. Nah, fact... Let me just go christen me kid. <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> all all the sixty six million people that I'm currently you know the caretaker for, you cannot go suck a fat one. And he should see like the thing like the consequences and the dangers of coronavirus because he's had it himself allegedly mm. and how convenient that he was better in like a whole week but all those nurses and doctors who were on the front line all the other key workers as well detail workers delivery drivers taxi drivers security guards who die from coronavirus you couldn't get um adequate treatment but as soon as both Johnson got coronavirus oh yeah get him everything that he wants to be fair though i think that was less of a class issue in that regard than it was a we can't really afford to have the uh, elected leader of our country die right now yeah to be fair yeah like, yeah if i'm gonna if i'm gonna play centralist for that moment <laughs> as much as i i'm gonna say it, as much as i hate socialism, i wouldn't want him to die because our whole country would be absolutely screwed yeah i mean I don't think, I mean, I like, I, I, to be honest, I've been watching a lot of uh, interviews with uh, Sir Keir Starmer recently. Oh, that's his name, right? Starmer? Starmer. Starmer. Fuck, I always get it wrong. One Keir job. Starmer. <laughs> One job, honestly. Job. Fuck's sake. But yeah, I've been watching a lot of interviews with him, and I quite like him. He's, uh, he seems yeah. a little more central than Corbyn, which I imagine will play well for voters, but uh, he he's, used to be a human rights lawyer, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he was. I yeah, yeah. actually... At, like on a zoom call event with him and he was talking about like his journey from being a human rights lawyer all the way up to politics because one of the organizations that i work with connected with another organization and like every couple or so months they have like a like a special speaker Ooh. and they got sick here starman on there and i was like yeah so yeah it was really interesting i can't remember what he said but he was talking about the journey from his human rights lawyer and he was, he's like, he's, he can't speak today. He's especially passionate about young people. Which no, I. In which way, though? Because he's, he's, an, he's an MP after all. <laughs> that is so true. I don't know. <laughs> or what, but like, what, the vibe that I get from him is that, yeah, he does want young people involved, like, young people involved, and he does want all young people involved, obviously, not just those who are from middle upper class areas who happen to be white cisgendered heterosexual and overpopulated obviously mm. i mean if i can give a little shout out for our generation that like, we get shat on so much by both older generations really i don't know about the older i don't think they really care or are, are alive but the upper two to us they they, yeah. they shit on us endlessly because they say we're too soft etc but when an issue comes up i mean just look at the a-level protest we had that up and running yeah. the next day we were up there we were ready and again intersectionality comes into it's like an age where Mm-mm. older generations see us as 
lazy or just rude, disrespectful to that older generation because, you know, back in their day... You had to listen to whatever racist shit your yeah. elder, elders were spouting instead of challenging them. Exactly, and they have that sort. They were sort of socialized into having those views, and now because our whole new generation have come along and sort of gave them this whole new information, they can't accept it and they can't get grasp onto the idea that this is this is going to be our world sooner off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't like they don't want it. And especially with the A-level, they don't want it. <laughs> especially with the A-level results, they were like, well, back in my day, I dropped out of my A-levels and I had to get a job. Well, no. maybe that's not the life that we want. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I'm still not sold on the whole university idea, but that's my decision. I don't want to have that decision made for me. Exactly. Like, my mum dropped out of doing her A-levels because she needed, like, her grandmother told us to get a job and now she's stuck in like retail for the rest of her life because she didn't pursue anything further from further education the higher education when she could have like mm. she, like she was perfectly capable of doing that she was just stopped from doing that because parents need some money so to feed that example back into intersectionality you know to bring it back bring in it back she in. she's um she's black she's a female uh, cis female, sorry. I need my my gender language needs. Oh honestly, I need to get modernize myself. But black she's female. Fuck, I did it again. <laughs> you know, I'm moving past that. <laughs> moving past it. Um, and she's from a low income background, and she was stopped because of those things, yeah. namely the money issue. But she was stopped as well. She was doing A levels. You know, she wanted to be a vet. So she's doing biochem and maths, you know, intellectual. Fuck, that's more on me. Jeez, not just the beauty, my mother. But <laughs> um, yeah, and grandmother just went to it. You need to get jobs like you need to drop out because we need the money. So she was stopped from going to university. You know, stopped from doing their A levels to pursue a job in retail. And that, yeah, she looked like um, that's like bashing her doing an amazing job a single mother um keeping her roof over her head queen behavior come on mother but uh, <laughs> yeah it's interesting to see what she like could have been like which she could have done at the situation allowed what my life would have been like our life would have been like if we were in a nuclear family in a like middle upper class background but i i kind of wouldn't change my life like i love no. my life I love, like, even though it is a struggle to be a working class, but I, I kind of wouldn't change it because if anything, this sounds so cringe, but if, like, anything, it just makes you a stronger person and it makes mm. you realise, like, you still have privilege as you working class, like, a working class person. And I feel like people say, oh, because you're working class, you don't have privilege. First of all, I'm entitled to an education, regardless of my... Class. You're entitled to certain state benefits. Yeah. Like, and I take that, like, I'm very, like, very privileged in that sort of sense because I know people in, well, I don't know people, but people in, like, I don't know, Southern Asia or Africa or, you know, those sort of continents. 
country, um, who are not entitled to education. And that's another like point where people think, oh, well, women and girls, cis women and girls, well, they're entitled to education and this, that, and the other. There's, there's no need for feminism or there's no such thing as patriarchy because we get paid the same, apparently, apparently, we get paid the same. And all sorts, like, I remember someone saying to me, the patriarchy doesn't exist because me and you get paid the same. That That's was, that dumb. Was... <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> that was his argument, like, that was our argument. End of. End of. <laughs> He, drop, he drops the mic, leaves the room, gets yeah, on a plane and fucks just, off. And I was just like, you you be me, because I was, I was working in retail, you be me, come behind the till and have men come up to you and see the sort of stuff and the sort of looks I would get like in the whole eight hour shift. You you do that and you come and you come back to me and say the patriarchy doesn't exist. Honestly, like um, this is gonna link back to episode two. Gonna keep plugging these episodes <laughs> with uh, with Lavinia, but I, was I cannot imagine how hard it is to be a um a woman. End of yeah. cis trans. I cannot imagine how hard it is to be a woman. It sounds fucking rough. Difficult, man. Difficult. You, you guys have to put up with the constant harassment. If you do anything, you're judging it no matter what. No matter what your life choices are, you will have people chatting absolute shit. Whereas I can do pretty much anything I want and no one will care. It is, like, it's baffling. It's two completely different worlds where, you know, when I walk out the street, I feel sort of exposed. Like, no matter what I'm wearing... Whoever says, oh, but it's what you wear is chatting crap. It's a power. It's about power and authority over all types of women, not not just cis women and non-binary people. So it's it's a power. It's like it's a power imbalance. Like as soon as I walk out the street, guarantee I walk down the street and there's there's like an array of markets and they're all dominating yeah, yeah. men. The looks like already the looks are like on me that sort of male gaze and you get the you know you're at all darling you know that sort of language towards me mm. and they won't even even if they know my name they won't address me by my name so it's like sort of i don't really have an identity because they won't even like it's like i don't even have a name i mean yeah not... you're an object to them yeah I'm either a love, a darling, a duck, a chick. A pen- I've always found chick really weird. Yeah. That's a baby chicken. <laughs> <laughs> a bird as well. Yeah. So sort of colo- colo- colloquialisms. Colloquialism. Thank you. I had to practice saying that one in the mirror. <laughs> it's not narcissistic at all. No, of course not. Um, but yeah, it's like, I mean... It's like I said to Lavinia, you guys are treated like human flashlights. Exactly. Not gonna lie. You're human flashlights with legs. Exactly. Someone, actually, I came out of a bar and someone was like, oh, nice legs. Oh. <laughs> Mate, I will kick you with these legs, okay? <laughs> these legs will go through your fucking forehead. <laughs> like, I'm not just there for a show. Like, I'm not a doll. I'm not, I'm not an object. Do not sexualize me. Do not objectify me. Say my name. 
treat me as who I am, and I will be fine. I mean, it's it's the same thing with women. Like, you just want to be treated like a person, bro. Yeah. That's it. Just treat exactly. like a person. Exactly. I feel like I... those with, like, non-binary people especially, who their pronouns are they, them, and people who constantly dead name them, because they feel like they're not that they don't exist because apparently there's only two genders. I'm not saying that's real in the slightest. Of course, that's not. Yeah. And they must feel so like not on this earth, sort of thing. Like they... alienated. Yeah. Yeah, alienated. Exactly. That was the word. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Um. Yeah, they must feel so alienated because. People who are just sheer ignorant. I mean, I was I was talking to my my friend on on the PS4 yesterday. Uh, we were t- uh, talking about um, in movies. He didn't understand why black people don't want to be the token character in a movie. They don't want to be like the only one. He said, "Isn't putting more black people in movies a bad thing?" Because then they won't be the cool special character anymore. I was just like, bro, they just want to be treated like people. Yeah. And like, I'm not trying to call out this guy. Like, he he hasn't had a lot of exposure to these kind of things. He's really not. He just. So that's why whenever he asks me these questions, I'm like, yeah, bro, feel free to ask me these questions. Then we can we can talk about, we can start a dialogue about it. And I was just like, he didn't understand that they just want to be treated like regular people. Yeah. Exactly. We don't want to be tokenized in. A movie, especially in a movie where you amplify our stereotypes, aggressive tendencies. Yeah, exactly. Like um, movies where about let's say like I don't know, like a high school movie, and there's like the three popular cis girls, and there's always that one black cis woman, and they're all like sassy and or weave and makeup and whatever. We wanna we wanna be in movies and know that we're there because of the person you are. Yeah, because of the person we are, not because they can take a box and say, We're diverse because we have one like black person in our movie. And like again coming into intersectionality, I know very few BME, BAME um, mm. characters who are LGBT, disabled, who are Work class, upper class. Actually, to lie, there's loads of movies where BAME people who are working class, there's, there's very few that are upper class, um, um, non-binary, all sorts. Like, you rarely see a BAME character like that. And it's just so interesting because they just, when they hire them, they have to play a certain character and it has to be like sassy or the male has to be like aggressive or some sort of murderer or yeah it's like he was using the example of baby driver and he was like oh yeah but jamie fox's character in baby driver he's like the the cool the cool like psychopath dude and i'm like yeah but you should know him as playing that character because jamie fox is a good actor not because he's black exactly exactly we don't want to be tokenized yeah, yeah so much in a way that it takes away the character yeah they are just a person bro they're playing a character <laughs> end yeah. of 
ja- Jamie Fox is not a psychopath because he's black. He's a psychopath because that's the character he's playing. Yeah. yeah. End of discussion. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be like that where people see us as, oh, there's a black person in the movie. Oh my days, like. And- well done. Take your gold star. You have. You have a black person there. I know there's some amazing movies that tell like true stories of black people. What was it called? Blue Story. When they see us, that absolutely incredible. Mm. That was incredible. Like, well done to the producers and directors. Oh, we went to watch that, didn't we? No, we went to watch The Hate You Give. That's the The Hate You Give. That's (laughs) the one. I cried. Like, reading the book and like watching the film, it was just like both, both obviously incredible. Um, there's loads of I can name those hidden figures in the very good one that's about three black um cis women in STEM. That's very good. Like there's loads on Netflix, like that you will find. And the hate you give obviously watched we watched. And it like I'm not taking away that because those movies obviously show the oppression of people yeah but that isn't all you want to be known for yeah we don't want to be known for just our oppression and the systematic racism which obviously that we do need to talk about but we don't want to be known for just that we want to be known for our successes yeah if i can pull away from like a uh, black people for a second it's the same with hispanic people yeah like, I- i'm half mexican and i can name the number of video games that have hispanic protagonists on one hand wow and like i'm a big i'm a big gamer like people who know me know that that's like that's my thing and i can think of three not two actually you've got dead rising three and then that one where you play the cowboy dude that i've already forgotten the name of that's it <laughs> exactly you've already forgotten the name of it already shows and i feel like don't take this the wrong way but like no, no. people like like almost get forgotten about like the whole like ice um i see thing yeah yeah that's going oh on. that that pissed me off so much, man. <laughs> like, I'm currently like watching the documentary on Netflix about it. I was on episode one, and I just had to stop and like. Can you send me that documentary? I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, it's called Immigration Nation. If anyone else. Immigration wants Nation. To watch it. Um, I think it's a limited series. It's only like four episodes and an hour long each. But, like, in the sort of way, like, you know, we're talking about the whole Black Lives Matter movement and all of this, but. Like the whole ice movement as well, and I'm just thinking, how many more like Hispanic, let's say, tragedies that are happening? We don't get talked about that much. Yeah, like the only reference we ever get made to us in movies really is drug dealer. Yeah, he's drugs. Like Breaking Bad, my mom hates Breaking Bad because all the Mexican characters in that are drug dealers. Yeah. I mean, I I like Breaking Bad because I thought it was good character development. But I do, I do see a point. Exactly, and on my block, which is a Netflix series, the one Hispanic, Hispanic character that's in there, again, is also used drug. Like his, like his big brother's a drug dealer, and there are like generations in their family that are drug dealers, and now the brother's like a part of it when he like didn't want to be. And there's another Hispanic character in there, and like they're from humble beginnings, and they own like a restaurant, I believe. Um, and yeah. they've lost the business, and he doesn't know what to do, and all sorts of that. Like, I feel like Hispanic characters either they own like they're very like humble, very like family, like they own a restaurant sort of thing, or it's completely flipped, 
and, and we're drug dealers and violent we're... criminals that's that's the only two apparently yeah but right. like my grandfather he was an incredible man professionally he started out selling oranges mm. on the street then made enough money doing that to to work his way up and up and up and then i think he started his own food stall kept working his way up and then he got a job with uh, this big telecommunication company in mexico and kept working his way up and up and up and up and he's like what he was one of the senior chiefs of expansion or something this is a guy who started on the street yeah so motherfucker he is not a drug dealer yeah he is not some humble restaurant owner not that there's nothing wrong with that we are more than just the little box we get put into mate yeah exactly you're way like way more than drugs drug dealers or like it's either either or yeah exactly or like anything like that you either you own a restaurant or you're a drug dealer it can't it can't be both either or and it's just so annoying because i wish i knew more about like hispanic culture and i should because i took a level spanish to be fair (laughs) though with spanish you learn more about the Spaniards and their culture, which is yeah. quite... I like their culture. It's great, but... I remember... The that, Latin America is different. Yeah, because in our research project that we did, in a Spanish, not that it matters. <laughs> we had to pick, like, a topic... Like, we could pick anything to do with, like, Latin America or Spain, but most people go to Spain because we didn't know anything about Latin America because we weren't taught it that much. Like, we knew loads about Spain. I did mine about the history history of feminism something with feminism obviously and like has it changed but i didn't have much like many statistics about you know mexico or other latin american countries because i just wasn't like i didn't get taught or i wasn't like specialized in that sort of field and i wish like i knew so like so much more about ice and obviously i'm watching the documentary to try and like know what actually happens. I remember going to a protest and it was like equality for all and this um she was Mexican and she was talking about represent. Represent. Her uncle got killed. Like by yeah, by good drugs um gang and like Ives came how they were supported and all this. It was like it was a horrible story. Like she was physically in tears by like talking about it and it's so unsettling to you know see someone like that from something that you don't even know anything about and i kind mm. of felt like sort of ashamed like wow this is happening and we're so so silent about it it's it's sort of like embarrassing that we talk so much about so many issues but there's so many issues that we there, the world is a fucked up place. <laughs> yeah. More of this podcast. The world is fucked. The, what we, all we can do is try and fix things. Yeah. That's literally it. If, if we don't, then we're just giving in to the people like Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell and Sorry. Boris Johnson, to be fair, who just want to make a profit. All about profit with him. All mm. about profit. Eat out, help out. Oh, you young people, how dare you? That, that, that <laughs> moment I knew this dickhead has no idea what he's doing. Oh, go on, how go on. How dare e- you go out when I told you to? How <laughs> dare you go into school even though I opened them for you? Honestly, 
It's so stupid. Schools are open. Pubs are open. He started a scheme to make food cheaper. Who do you think's going to most want to go to these places? Because it wasn't like every restaurant. It was like pretty much fast food places. Yeah. And a few select restaurants that were doing it to help out. Who are the main consumers of those fucking places, Boris? You idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Again, just like deflecting the blame on young people instead of like taking responsibility and we saw that with the black Lives matter protest like the first massive one that i went to wow that was i've never seen so many people in my life the one in manchester yeah i went to that one. Oh my god yeah, yeah, yeah i was there obviously i didn't see it because there was, there was so many people there <laughs> but we saw that and as soon as they they didn't address the issue of black Lives matter on the media they addressed the fact that oh we're in a pandemic how dare you protest on like basically, I, right. I think I spoke about this on on episode three, but the um the when I went to the protest, it was incredibly social distance to to say there was that many people there. Yeah. So many people and people were handing out masks. Yeah. Like me. Yeah. Ev- almost everyone was wearing one. Yeah. Like, it was so well done. It was the vibes were immaculate. Let's say the vibes were immaculate. And then I'm noticing a lot of media silence from the anti-mask protest currently. Ooh. I think, is it currently going down or is it about to go down? Who knows? I don't know, but that that's going on in London. But, yeah, they did address the issue at hand. They just, again, deflecting on people, like, mm-hmm. black people, like, oh, well, you're going to cause a second spike. But months after this protest, we're seeing a second spike. And what's that about? It's because of the fucking shit policies Ugh. and he's not like, with these local lockdowns he's not really done like a massive conference on what's what if that makes sense like, I, so- I did yeah i didn't know my local area was in lockdown until my dad told me there was nothing on on like the media nothing on social media nothing on the news i just my dad just pulled up rochdale council's website and was like oh yeah by the way we're in lockdown now you can't go see your friends i was like oh okay because yeah. i was i was gonna go meet you for drinks wasn't i yeah and that I was like, oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, Atlanta. Um, Russell's in lockdown. I found out three minutes ago. It's an actual joke. Like, he doesn't address these local lockdowns. And I don't think people are going to stick to it unless he closes the pubs and the restaurants and everything. But he doesn't want to do that because he wants to make a profit. Then it takes money out of his hand. Literally. He's, he's literally, it's like, see, like, when he talks, all I see is him, like, getting loads of like handfuls of money and shoving it in his mouth every time he speaks because <laughs> i'm just like you're saying we're in a local lockdown but you're not saying like i know i can't meet over six six or more people not like i do anyway that's how lot of people <laughs> covid sees caesar six people there's arc sorry bro yeah. i'm just gonna dip now <laughs> <laughs> i know i can go to the pub with my friends but i can't i i can't sit in their garden or i can't go into their house or anything like that I can't do jack shit at the moment. We're in an actual medium lockdown. Not that anyone's listening, because I see a group of people outside just messing around. That pisses me off. So many like illegal raves, like um, playground um, club in Manchester. Um, they got crashed on because I don't think they were supposed to be open because playground was originally a club, but they've opened and. Um, someone's grafting them, so I think that's gonna get shut down. Mm. To be fair, I support that. You're, you're endangering people, man. Mm. Like, try and social distance the best you can. Try and wear masks. The, the, you don't need to go to a party. 
I'm really sorry. As much as I love parties, like, no. There's just, like, no. Like, that, to me, that's, like, out of bounds. That's selfish, yeah. Seeing your friends, that's a necessity for a lot of people. Mm. Like, seeing friends go to the pub, like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parties, for me, no. No, too far, too far. Too far. Like, as much as I would love to, just, like, get up, go out to party. <laughs> Like, you know I love a party song, you know? Oh, yeah. Too true. <laughs> too true. I remember that one we went to. Fuck a fairy. <laughs> um, how long are we going for? Oh, I think we're about to come to the end, actually. Yep. Okay. So, to summarise, do you want to summarise intersectionality for us? I'm going to link back to the beginning, what I said. Problems within problems. Mm. That's... That, to, like, to simplify it, it's a like, it's a problem with a problem, and we need to discuss, and we need to branch out more, you know, educate yourself about the main problem, but educate yourself about, you know, the, like, the problem with the problem, and how we can, you know, try and change the world, basically, and try to make the world a better place. I like that. So, listeners, if you see someone talking about an issue that isn't related to something don't try and diminish that issue and say what about this what about that no talk about that as well because the only way to fix all these issues is awareness and action that's it thank you very much atlanta montague for joining me on this podcast thank you very much for having me it's been a pleasure oh yeah all right um uh, fuck off then guys we're done (laughs) see you later Oh, hello again. Is this another outro? I believe it is. Yeah, I had some shit I wanted to say. <laughs> uh, I didn't get around to saying it in the main podcast, but um, I've since done research on Viking society. And actually, they weren't as matriarchal as I see- as I made it out. That post was a bit wrong. Uh, they were still quite a patriarchal society, but for the time, very more, res- more respecting of women. Women were allowed to divorce at any point. Uh, so... You know, they've got that for starters. They were arguably the most feminist out of all of the settlements and cultures in Europe at that time. Hold on, I'll read a little bit for you all. Although our source of information are limited, it's clear that the roles of men and women in Norse society were quite quite distinct. Norse society was male-dominated. Each gender had a set of expected behaviours, so I was wrong about the, um, the modern gender stereotypes. They have been around for a while. Ugh. But never say I don't check my sources. Uh, Women did not participate in trading or raiding parties, although they clearly participated in journeys of exploration and settlement to places such as Iceland and Vineland. Women's responsibilities were defined to be domestic. However, uh, women were respected in our society had great freedom, especially when compared to other European societies of that era. They managed the finances of the family, so that post got that right. They ran the farm in their husband's absence. In widowhood, they could be rich and important landowners. So basically, if their husband died, they gained rights. (laughs) The law protected women from a wide range of unwanted attention. Gragas, which I think is a law book, K155, lists penalties for offences from ranging from kissing to intercourse. So women still had body autonomy. Uh, Then it just goes on to describe about the famous Viking women 
who were absolute badasses. So yeah, Vikings were pretty progressive for their time. They had the women were in control of the finances, like I said. Fucking hell. The fact that Vikings, who are known as the butchers of England, are more civilized than some of you guys, should be a, you know, a message for you. Sort it out. <laughs> it was, I think that was all. Oh, that reminds me, actually, before I fuck off into the wilderness for good. We have an Instagram now, and today podcast, because I couldn't think of anything original. Follow us on Instagram, and hopefully, not the next episode, the episode after should be on YouTube, so you can see my stunning face. Also, you guys, um, I want you to DM me your thoughts on the 10th episode as a little celebration, me creating a Discord server to engage with some of you guys. So I, I open it up to you guys. I sit there, we drink, and we talk. It can be about anything. If you say anything, you know, untoward, you will be, you will be banned, of course. But I want to have a discussion with you guys. And then I'll put it up. That'll be every 10th episode, a discussion with you guys. Let me know what you think. And thanks for listening.